We are back with another episode for this mini-series, Spreading Awareness Around Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Thank you all so much for being here and continuing to listen to these mini-episodes and continuing to share them. Tag me on your social so I can see who out there is listening and who is brave enough and willing enough to share these episodes. Because sexual violence, sexual assault, rape, incest, all the things, they need to be talked about. We need to be spreading more awareness around this. So this episode is to highlight the effects of sexual violence, which can be physiological, emotional, and physical effects on a survivor. And these effects aren't always easy to deal with. Of course, who who would ever think that something like this would be easy to deal with? But with the right help and support, they can be managed. And learning again, what like learning exactly what that help is going to look like, in because it can be in so many different forms. And that's really, truly what's going to help you if you're someone that's undergone this through the healing process. So the first effect of sexual violence, which may not come to surprise to you, but the first effect is depression. There are many emotional and physiological reactions that victims of rape and sexual assault can experience. And one of the major ones is depression. This, This is a mood disorder that occurs when feelings associated with sadness and hopelessness continue for a long period of time, and they interrupt regular thoughts that happen throughout our day to day. And it can affect your behavior and your relationship with other people. And depression, let me tell you, it doesn't discriminate. It can affect anyone of any age, gender, race, ethnicity, or religion. Next could be experiencing flashbacks. And during a flashback, memories of past traumas feel as if they're taking place right then and there in that current moment. That means it's possible to feel as if the experience of sexual violence is happening all over again. During a flashback, it can be really difficult for someone to connect with reality. It may even feel as if the perpetrator is physically present. Flashbacks are nothing to mess around with, you guys. They, They are very much something that can happen, and it might seem random at first, but they can really be triggered by anything pretty pretty ordinary. Things like, um, you know, our senses, the smell of someone's odor, a particular tone of voice, all of these things can be triggers to a flashback. And something that can help when this is, is telling yourself that you're having a flashback and remind yourself that you have actually survived the event that you're experiencing during the flashback. Breathing, you know, taking it slow, slow, deep breaths, placing your hand over your stomach, hand over your heart, and feeling your breath go in and out, in and out. And return to the present by using your five senses. So this is called grounding, right? Looking around you, making a list of things that are in the room, counting the colors of the furniture around you, asking yourself, what do you see? Breathing in a comforting scent, asking yourself, what do you smell? listening to the noises that are around you or turn on some music, eating or drinking something that you enjoy and focusing on the flavor, holding something cold or something really hot like a mug of tea or coffee, piece of ice, and really asking your brain, what does it feel? Another thing that people that have experienced a traumatic event might experience is post-traumatic stress disorder. It's typical feelings of anxiety, stress, or fear, making it difficult to adjust or cope sometime afterwards. Other experiences might be self-harm, so deliberately harming yourself or inflicting injury on oneself, and this is usually done in secret. Someone may contract a sexually transmitted infection. 
It could be bacterial or it could be viral, but it's basically an infection that was passed from one person to another through vaginal, anal, or oral contact. A victim may also start to engage in substance abuse. And if you're concerned that you're using substances in a way that could be harmful to you or your health or you're using them as a way to cope, consider learning more about the warning signs of this and finding places for support. Dissociation is another common effect, and this is when th- this is one of many defense mechanisms that the brain can use to cope with the trauma or sexual to cope with the trauma of sexual violence. And this is basically described as the detachment from reality. Most professionals believe that dissociation exists on a spectrum. At one of the spectrum is experiences like daydreaming. And on the other end of the spectrum is chronic and complex dissociation, which may make it difficult for an individual to function in the actual real world. And again, this is a defense mechanism that the brain can use to cope with trauma of sexual violence. It's often described as an out-of-body experience, and a lot of times during the actual trauma, victims will tap into some form of dissociation to where they can actually detach themselves from the reality. And it may be upsetting for somebody to hear that they've actually dissociated, but it's often, it's, it's actually a natural reaction to trauma. Another thing you may experience is panic attacks, right? A panic attack is also a, it's a sudden feeling of intense fear and anxiety that happens in situations when there seem to be no immediate danger. They tend to affect people who have experienced trauma abuse or high levels of stress. You may also experience an eating disorder. Sexual violence can affect survivors in many ways, including us us feeling perceptions of the... Sexual violence can affect survivors in many ways, including perceptions of the body and our feelings of control. Pregnancy. If, If you were recently raped, you may have concerns about becoming pregnant from this attack. Another thing could be a sleep disorder. Trouble falling asleep, trouble staying asleep sleeping at unusual times of the day or sleeping for longer than you normally do. Suicide may be another common experience that survivors of sexual violence face. And suicide is preventable and suicidal thoughts don't have to be permanent. So if you're thinking about suicide, there are definitely resources for you to turn to for help. Of course, and as mentioned in every episode for this mini-series, you can always talk to somebody at RAIN by dialing 1-800-656-4673 or you can chat online at online.rain.org. And that's R-A-I-N-N. If you're a veteran listening to this, you can call the Veterans Crisis Line, which is 1-800-273-8255 and press 1. And if you're anyone else that is wanting help to talk with somebody that is a coordinator and somebody that is a professional helping with suicide prevention, same number, 1-800-273-8255. That's 273-TALK. 24-7, anytime. This is a confidential line that you can talk to someone. This episode was short and sweet. Again, part of our mini-series because April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Please, if you haven't yet shared these episodes, please share them because part of this work that I'm doing is to spread this awareness, again, to highlight this month of April, Sexual Assault Awareness Month, and these are things that people need to hear. People need to know that there are resources out there available to them. 
people need to know that if they were somebody that has survived an attack of sexual violence or survived an incident of rape, these are the things that they could be experiencing and knowing that there is help out there and that they're not alone. So again, this information is taken directly from the RAIN website. That's R-A-I-N-N.org. They can be reached at 1-800-656-4673 or connect with them on the live chat right there on the website. 24-7, there's always somebody there and available to help you throughout this. Thanks for listening.